This morning's text comes to us from the letter to the church at Ephesus, chapter 2, verses 11 through 26. These letters written not necessarily by Paul, but in Paul's voice and through Paul's heart, are written to a church that was particularly Gentile. If you've ever been to Turkey, you know that Ephesus is on the west coast of Turkey. It was predominantly a Roman outpost uh, of trade. One of the greatest libraries in ancient Rome was found in Ephesus. It was a quite learned culture. The letter that is written by the hand of Paul is written to a church that was themselves Gentiles, not Jews, struggling with what it meant to be now a part of the community of faith, the blessed children of God, even though they were not Jewish. Paul goes through, or the hand of Paul goes through, through the whole part of the book up to now about how God has saved us through grace and not through anything that we have done. And in this morning's text, We find these words that are particularly wordy, I will warn you, but remember they were words written to be read rather than so much to be heard. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who were called the circumcision a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him both of us have access to one spirit to the Father, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of the Lord. If you have ever been left out, that is to say, 
outcast, made to feel different than others, then you know how it feels. A fourth grader, grader new to school because his parents had moved to a new city has no idea who to sit with at lunch, and so he sits down at the table with his lunch tray, and no one comes to sit beside him. A seventh-grade girl is, through email, slandered through gossip and innuendo so that her friends and even those that she knew a little shunned her for months. Every time there was a party, she was the only one not invited. She would come home and cry her eyes out because, of course, it hurt so badly And her mom would say, you know, these things are terrible. And think about it. You really don't want to be friends with a group of people who treat other people like that. And that helps some, but really not much because she was devastated. She would grow up later to wonder why the social organization in her community that supposedly did some good things, but mostly just partied, had never asked her to join that either. She even had seen her parents exclude others in similar ways. She thought that was just how the world worked. Those are just social exclusions, and I don't mean to minimize them, but what if we were excluded by virtue of the color of our skin? or the tribe that we have come from, or some disability that we have nothing to do with. I'm not that old, believe it or not, but I can still distinctly remember that Negroes, as they were affectionately referred to in Birmingham, Alabama, had a specific place they had to sit on the back of the bus, or in a restaurant, or in a movie theater. They were separated from us because there was something in us that made us feel superior to them that forced us or moved us to separate. It's called discrimination. And every time that it happens, it is a sin according to the Bible, because it separates people based on our need to feel good about ourselves. It's what the Nazis were all about with the Aryan race. It's what white supremacy is all about in its need to stand up against what they think is the disintegration of the pure race, and it's what ISIS is all about with their need for perfect purity in religion. I have a friend who has a new white lab. They're a little troubled that there are some darker markings on it. They wish that it would be completely white. I'm not sure why that is the case, but I suspect it just seems more pure. The reason I'm saying that is because I wanted to share how enculturated we are into that form of definition and separation between who we are, mostly white, middle-class folk, 
and who they are who aren't in our particular tribe. Our propensity to separate ourselves from other people is exactly what the writer of Ephesians is writing about. As hard as it was to hear, he's dealing with the great separation in the time of the early church. The Jews who had been circumcised and were Jewish by birth, it was their natural right. Notice, we're only talking about men here. Women were Jewish by virtue of being born into a male Jewish family, but the men, those circumcised, are the in, and the Gentiles, those uncircumcised, are the out. And there was this incredible divide in the early church. The big fight in the early church was just about this. Would the Gentiles, the impure, the outcast, the know-nothings, would they in fact be included in the church or not? And the writer of Ephesians writing to the Gentiles is saying, yes, by virtue of the grace of Jesus Christ and the blood shed for us on the cross, you who were once far off and having no hope in the presence of God are now brought in to be a part of the presence with everyone else. Jew and Gentile alike. This is why this passage is adamant about reconciling with each other and about the reconciling work of God. If you've ever reconciled the books, what you do is that you add them up and you subtract them and you do all the mathematical work so that it comes out balanced. The reconciling act of God in Jesus Christ is to bring into balance all of those different ways that we grade ourselves as being better than or less than other people. We have been reconciled. He starts out saying, remember that at one time you Gentiles, by the way, that's us, by birth call the uncircumcision were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. And then he resolves it in the letter by saying, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near, for he is our peace, and in his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is the hostility between us. Broken it down, he says. Down! Broken it down in Jesus Christ. We wish. Through the work of Christ, Gentiles have been brought in, he says. You who are on the outside and feel separated from God or from other people and from God's love are now considered to be part of those on the inside. You're no longer a stranger but a saint and a citizen of the household of God. One body, one people. It's a remarkable proclamation, an incredible confession about the work and power of Jesus Christ. One people, one body, one race, human race, 
no longer Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female or gay or straight or red or white or yellow, no longer any distinction between Republican or Democrat or whatever, the laws and the commandments and the ordinances that existed before would say about who is in and who is out. It's now been broken down by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. What he's saying is that at our core, no one of us is any better or any worse than anyone else. We may choose to do worse things, but at our core, no one of us is any better or any worse. We may choose to be outsiders and to do things that facilitate being an outsider and rejected, Like, I mean, this is a no-brainer, Donald Trump, who for some ego-driven madness continues to want to be considered an outsider. We may try to separate ourselves based on some false religious or racial or righteous or intellectual or social or financial or athletics or sexual superiority. We can try all that, but ultimately the Bible says it's a sin because we have now been reconciled to each other and God in Jesus Christ. This need in us to be better than other people runs deep. It goes back to Adam and Eve when they grew anxious that they didn't have the same knowledge as God, or Cain and Abel when Cain felt like his offering was not received, but Abel's was, and so he killed his brother because he felt his brother was better than he was. It's based on our ego needs, as Freud says, this false self that thinks we need to conquer and win and acquire and excel We have to do this, you see, because it's the only way we think we measure up. Richard Rohr's new book, Catholic Franciscan Priest, called Immortal Diamond, is about this false self that we live in versus the real self that we are deeply given by God. And he says the symptomatic structure of our culture is clear about how we still live in that false self. He says that it has four splits, basically, that we struggle with. We are split, he says, from our shadow self and our idealized self. If you followed the news last week, I think it was last week, one of the prominent pastors at a large church in Fort Lauderdale, who has written a book, really well-received book called One Way Love Was Just Found Out to Have Had Affairs. That split between his righteous side and that shadow side is so vast that he somehow was able to live in that dualistic reality. War goes on to say that we have this split between mind and body and mind and earth. And this is especially true for professionals, lawyers, doctors, ministers, 
people who are well-educated, who have learned to use our minds so well. There's this split, you see, between our minds and our bodies, and so we really don't connect to our bodies very well, whether it's the body of the earth or our own body, and we walk around in this sort of intellectual haze, not able to deal with the deeper part of us that is more connected says we're split between life and death. We basically live as if death will not happen when in fact death is part of every single moment in life and that we are split from ourselves, from ourselves, from others, and from God. As Paul Tillich said, we are estranged from God, our neighbor, and ourselves. And in that estrangement, we grow anxious. War goes on to say that spiritual directors are the only ones left that he knows who are making us deal with this issue. Therapists are not. They seem to keep feeding the false self and our ego, telling us that we can make it, we can make it. Ministers are not because, he says, we build our churches by feeding the false ego in ourselves and in the congregation by saying, you are better if you do more and give more. He says our culture is summed up in the commercial, if you want to be one with everything, you need to have one of everything. Thank you, MasterCard. And he says this is the Western culture in a nutshell. The Bible says it's a lie and reveals the truth that in and through, by and with the act of love in Jesus Christ Those things that divide us no longer exist, not because of what we have done, but because of what God has done. I love the way this picks up on sort of the new movement towards more Eastern spirituality that understands that we are not so much individuals as we are all one together. A Buddhist monk flies into New York City from India gets out of the airplane, gets a taxi. On the way to the meeting, he sees a hot dog stand, tells him to stop, gets out, walks up to the hot dog vendor and says, make me one with everything. (laughs) He then hands him a $50 bill and the vendor hands the man back a hot dog and the monk says, where's the change? And the vendor says, The change comes from within. (laughs) This Eastern spiritual sense of oneness is something that we do need to incorporate into our Western enculturated sense of individuality. That's a place we can go. And not giving up one or the other, not the dualism of both and or the singularity of one. It's the third choice of that. That is to say, a harmonizing of the two. This is exactly what this text is telling us. You don't have to leave your Gentileness to be a part of the kingdom of God. You don't have to give up your self-individuation, that is to say, who you were created to be by God with your gifts and your skin color and your race 
You don't have to give that up in order to be a part of the kingdom of God. You don't have to merge into this undifferentiated ego mass and give up all of who you are to be a part. It is in who you are individually that you are now harmonized in community with other people. And he says the way to that is only by the power of God and Jesus Christ. Did you know that even though we may look sort of mostly alike, that the difference between Sherrick's DNA and my DNA is greater than the difference between my DNA and a member of an African tribe member in the Congo? There's more difference between Sherrick's DNA and mine than there is between my or Sherrick's DNA from a member of a tribe in Africa. Tell me we're not closer to each other than we thought. Did you know that electromagnetic waves are all connected coming from the one source, we're talking about light, and that at the Big Bang, apparently, as they think, there was this matter so condensed we can't even imagine that was the source of all atoms and matter all that exists that blew up so that we are nothing more than the stardust of that matter each and every one of us coming from the same place that's oneness did you know that they think now that we are connected through this thing called the unified field theory or the string theory that says that in this interconnectedness, like a giant spider web, when something happens here, something else is reacting here, that everything now is interconnected in ways we can't even see. One God, one Christ, one us, indeed. The dividing wall of hostility has been torn down, but it has not. We cannot become too romantic about this separation, for it is the painful result of human sin. An amazing amount of pride and hubris and egomaniacal selfness. I took a vision quest last year, as I told you, and got on my knees in front of the shaman priest, and they asked, what should we pray for? And I said, I want you to pray that I will become one with nature. Amazing hubris. And the priest looked at me and smiled and said, You sure? You sure that's what you want us to pray for? Yeah, that's what I want. So I went up on that mountain finding that they had perched my tent on a bed of ants and, and spiders that crawled all over me, that was nature, and that I had to survive three massive lightning storms cracking the trees all around me, and they laughed down at their fire camp because Stevie Boy, Mr. Going to get one with nature has finally got his desserts. What occurred to me up there on that mountain was that it is not about 
me. It was one of the few times in my life when my false self was broken and cracked and I had to deal with the true real self that, believe it or not, lurked somewhere within. And and I got to tell you, as I look back on that experience, I wish I had it more. Just not at that cost. Friends, the dividing walls of hostility have been torn down in Christ Jesus. The door has been flung open to all of us regardless of who we are. And sooner or later, we're going to have to die to our false selves and reclaim that real self that makes us one yet separate in harmony Let's hope that what happens to get us there is not too costly. And let's hope that we get there sooner rather than later. For that is the evolution imprinted upon us and hoped for by Christ. In his name we give thanks.